Hello friend, I am Maria, and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, higher realms, the mysteries of the universe, and source consciousness. I use hypnosis to get into a deep theta state where I am able to connect to and embody my higher self. Enjoy! those of you that don't know, my book, my first book is now out. It is called 72 Keys to Manifestation or An Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. It is a child of love. This book is going to change your life. This book is about manifestation. I also wanted to let you know that I have charged it personally for anybody that purchases this book to literally set you up with the right frequencies for abundance literally this book is going to be a true catalyst in your life i'm not kidding you guys there is real white magic that is working through this book there is a barrier to entry that you know i as a being of light i i have my own guides that work with me um they wanted to have a barrier to entry on the ancient knowledge that came through this book right hence the price but but if you feel serious about unlocking your abundance, this is the book for you guys. I'm not kidding. It's going to work with your body, with your energy field on more levels than one. It is a multi-layered book. There are only a few books like that on the face of planet Earth today. It is quite rare. So if you want to check it out and if you want to really literally notice and see the big difference and having your life transform highly recommend you get yourself a copy do yourself a favor you'll thank me later i promise hello hello everyone and welcome to another episode of conversations with my higher self um yeah i am excited to do uh, this episode today because i find the topic quite fascinating now again this is not something that would necessarily come up as a request from the human collective um, but obviously, um, you know, sometimes I, I, I take the liberty to nominate topics, and this is one of those instances. Um, we have spoken about and we've covered a few topics that I think could be foundational episodes before you jump into this one. Today, we're going to be talking about chakras, and today we're going to be talking um, about the assemblage point. So um, if you guys want some background to this episode, any episode on chakras that we did in the past might be a really, really good precursor to this, a really, really good background info, and the same thing about the assemblage point. Now, the assemblage point is a very esoteric concept. Just, you know, what I'm feeling from the human collective is it's a pretty complex term, despite the fact that what it actually means is not that complicated, but it is. it could be a little bit of a turnoff um, to, you know, your average... Um, um, your average human. So I, I, I'm not going to be using too much of that terminology today, because I think the episode um, that we're going to and the topic that we want to cover today is actually really relevant to essentially 100% of humanity. Um, and I don't want to alienate anybody who may stumble upon this, just because I, I want to use fancy words, we're actually going to you know, take it a notch down in certain instances. So today we're going to be talking about the concept of your dominating chakra. This is another way, like another look, maybe a more simple, uh, arguably simple look at the assemblage point. Uh, for those of you that have not heard that episode, um, I'll just quickly remind you what it is. So 
um, for those of you that know what the chakras are, um, you've come to the right place because I'm not going to be really diving deep into like what every chakra means in this particular episode. Um, this is not um, kind of like your chakras one-on-one type of episode. This is like the, the what happens after you understand the chakras at uh, you know the basic level um, and, and how can you leverage that to live a better and more fulfilled life. But essentially there is a concept of your dominating chakra um, and it's almost the way you should think about it is despite the fact that in a perfect human body uh, all chakras are open, uh, none of the chakras are blocked and every chakra is pulling its own weight. Um, there, one of your chakras would tend to be dominating at um, any point in time. In other words, um, not, your energy is not being distributed equally across your energy centers, the seven main ones, right? And again, we're taking a very simplistic approach to chakras. We're not going to take, you know, nine chakras or 12 chakras or 24. You know, we're not going to go into infinity here in terms of chakras. We're going to take like a very simple, basic understanding of the human um, energy body, the seven chakras, right? Um, now, um, based on how the energy courses through your body and how the energy is being distributed, um, one of your chakras is going to start d- dominating. Um, it is not a forever type of thing. Um, you don't, essentially, you don't get born with um, one chakra dominating and then kind of like just keep it for the remainder of your incarnation. It is not how that works, but essentially over time, you kind of like move up the ladder. For those of you that are familiar with the Kundalini awakening, right, you know, that is the energy that essentially travels, um, you know, from the like kind of like there's like a, the Kundalini rising, they say, right, but it's the energy of the serpent that essentially rises from um, the root center and goes up to um, your crown uh, chakra. So in, in the same way, right, as human beings are going through an incarnation, they're going through their own version of the Kundalini awakening. Uh, although, you know, maybe not to mix up the two concepts, but essentially you would always start as a baby. You would start with um, your dominating chakra being the root chakra. So it all kind of starts at the base of your spine in the in the red center, in the root center. And then over time, that um, dominating chakra is going to evolve based on, you know, the circumstances of your life, et cetera, et cetera, right? So that chakra, uh, essentially, you're going to go through your own um, ascension process in a way in terms of energies, right? Now, not every human being, and in fact, most human beings are not going to go up to the crown center. Not um, hardly anyone actually goes up to um, the seventh chakra being their dominating chakra. Um, In fact, um, and I think that I might have mentioned that in um, some early episodes, um, men uh, on planet Earth tend to um, have their dominating chakra, uh, in the yellow center. So, so their solar plexus is their dominating chakra for women. It's, um, you know, kind of like in between solar plexus and anahata or the, the heart chakra, right? So the in-between space. Um, and that is where I just got myself into a trap because, um, I should have told you that very often, right? Like more often than not, Um, you're going to have one dominating chakra, but they're also an in-between state. In other words, um, essentially, as you're traveling from your low chakras to the higher chakras, as you're, you know, you're um, essentially there are a lot of in-between states, right? You don't automatically go from green, from yellow to green and from green to blue, um, if you know what I mean. There are um, 
it's a movement it's it's kind of like if the elevator was going up from one floor to the other the elevator has to pass through every interim step every interim stage between the two floors if that makes sense right so at any point in time you kind of can be stuck in between the chakras right what does that mean that means that you have two dominating chakras or two dominating energies running your life right um, so you, you should think of, you know, your dominating chakra as almost like the magnet of your whole existence. It is going to really be one of those formative energies in your day-to-day life. Uh, what does it mean? It will govern your perception of yourself in the outside world, which in essence is going to be that first domino in terms of creating a reality. In other words, your dominating chakra creates your reality uh, right alongside you, right? Now, there are some similarities um, in terms of perception and in terms of lifestyles and in terms of, you know, occupations, et cetera, et cetera, for people um, who are um, essentially existing within the same dominating uh, chakra, right? So all the people for whom the dominating chakra is the red are going to feel and perceive the world in somewhat the same way. In uh, And then all the people who are vibrating at the anahata level at the heart space level are going to have a completely different view of the world right now your view of the world determines your reality determines the things and the people that you attract the circumstances so very often right like which sector of reality you belong to is very much determined by um your dominating chakra right which is again maybe not spoken necessarily about um, in spiritual circles or otherwise, and that is why I wanted to shed the light on this topic today. So what I wanted to go over today is how, you know, the perception from all of the main seven centers, all of your main seven chakras, your perception of essentially how do you perceive yourself, how you perceive the world, and then I'll throw in some interesting bits of information for like the different levels, depending on what wants to come through or what is relevant to you in this moment in time, right? Now, like I said, um, an interesting thing about this is over time, right, for souls, for human beings that are um, on the path and going through their own development, very often they're going to keep upgrading throughout their lives, right? So essentially everybody starts at the root center and then you gradually go up, right? So you start in the red, then you go up to your sacral, which is orange, then you go up to um, your solar plexus, which is yellow. Now, most people would make it to this point. Um, anything above the yellow center is not guaranteed. And in fact, the majority of humanity is kind of like stuck at that solar plexus level or below, which is actually sad. And the reason that is sad is not because there is anything wrong with your lower chakras at all. That is not what I'm trying to say. You need all of the chakras. Otherwise you would have been created, um, differently, right? Um, because source essentially has the entirety of the toolbox it could have created you any which way it wanted right but um, true happiness right or the perception of being happy starts for souls that are vibrating at higher than the solar plexus level in other words if you are vibrating if your dominating chakra is solar plexus and below you hardly ever experience happiness you hardly ever experience contentment and that is the unfortunate truth and as we're going center by center by center it would start becoming very obvious to you why that is. But if you are a person who is seeking the path to happiness, 
the quickest way to do that is to raise your vibrations to start to, to get to at least the Anahata level, to get to at least to start vibrating at the heart space center, right? So there you have it. I just gave you the key to happiness, right? Before we dive into, I mean, now obviously it's easier said than done, right? Um, before we dive into like the actual levels, which I think is really fascinating, and I would almost actually, as we do this, right, if, as we go from center to center, um, I would actually ask you to go on a journey with me. So this is going to be maybe like a little bit of a unique episode, right, where the entirety of this episode is going to be like a, a little bit of a practice of sorts. Now, must you do it? Absolutely not. You have free will. You can do whatever you want, right? Maybe you're cycling right now, or maybe you're, I don't know, uh, chilling by the pool and you don't want to be in a perpetual meditation, that's fine with me. But I think if you want to really feel into this vibration, so what makes them different, right? Um, anytime I talk about a particular center, what I would encourage you to do, right, is imagine that you're traveling up and down in an elevator, right? And you would go with me to the center that I'm describing, right? So if I'm describing and talking to you about your root center, which is your uh, red chakra at the base of your spine, I would kind of want you to imagine that you're going in the elevator and the, your elevator stops at the root center at the red chakra, the door, the doors open and you're exiting, right? And essentially, I would want you to bring your perception down to that level, right? And be immersed in it for the duration of the time that I'm talking about it. Because there's one thing um, to, to be able to intellectually conceive of what I'm saying. And it's a whole other thing to be able to perceive that with your whole being, which essentially you would be able to do if you kind of like travel in the elevator up and down with me. Um, so that's that, right? Now, I know enough of you are wondering, you know, what is your dominating chakra. So we can do, we can start with a quick diagnostic, right? Um, it is going to be really quick uh, for those of you, especially the ones that have the site. This is probably going to take you three seconds flat. Um, I, I will give you a couple of different variants though, because depending on, you know, your level of proficiency with energy work or how much you, you know, the state of your third eye, to be honest as well, um, you may have you know, some of these practices might be harder for you than others. Um, but if you were to close your eyes, right, and if you were to ask universe the question, what is my dominating chakra, right? And then you want to imagine your body as like a body as a, a vessel of light. And then uh, what you want to see is, you know, what color comes through, right? So whatever color, like when you ask the question, it's like what level, um, you know, what is my dominating chakra? You can also ask the question of like, what level, uh, what chakra am I vibrating at? The universe should show you what level you're vibrating at by showing you a particular color, right? Now, the red is the root, for those of you that don't remember off the top of your head. Orange is sacral, right? That's the second chakra. Third is solar plexus, it's yellow. The fourth chakra is green, it's a heart space. Green or emerald, well, I guess it's one in the same color, ain't it? Um, then the next one, the fifth one, is your throat or it's blue. Um, I like to use, you know, a slight variation of the colors. Um, so just bear with me for this analogy. Since I'm leading this, you're going to see my colors the way I prefer to, uh, you know, use for the for the chakras. Maybe not the more old school way. Um, your ajna, uh, your third eye, is going to be violet or purple. And then your crown center, which is the seventh and the and the, the top at the top of your head, that's going to be white, 
uh, or like iridescent pearlescent type of color, right? So depending on what color comes up, that is the answer. If more than one color comes up, you're somewhere between the two chakras, right? So for instance, if it's yellow and green, you're somewhere in between. So like you're essentially have two dominating centers. So you would flip from one to another, right? Um, um, another thing that you could try is you could imagine that you are a vessel. If this practice, if this diagnostic didn't work, you can imagine that you are a vessel like a lap tube that is transparent and you are filled with one color liquid, right? Imagine you're full with one color liquid. You want to see what color you're full with, full with right? And by the way, if you're in between the two chakras, it will show you to what degree you belong to one versus the other, right? Like for instance, if you're between the green and the blue, right? It would show you if you're like 20% blue and, you know, and 80% green and like whatever the percentages are. So like it can be, you should be able to roughly tell. The last way, if, if the, the other two didn't work for you, you could literally imagine your body with all the chakras activated as colors, right? And then you want to imagine that this elevator is traveling up and down, you know, uh, essentially a spinal cord, uh, which is, you, you know, your chakral uh, kind of like system. And um, it gets magnetized. You want to imagine that it gets magnetized to a particular chakra, a particular spot, right? Um, and, you know, whatever that elevator gets magnetized to, um, it, it'll, that chakra is almost going to like lit up, right? So whatever your elevator gets automatically by default magnetized to is your default state, right? So just pay attention which one lights up. You know, is it the green, the yellow, something something else? Again, there are no wrong answers here. And by the way, like I said, these type of dominating chakras are not made for life. As you're going through your process of evolution, growth, release of trauma, etc., etc., your um, dominating chakra, which is essentially the equivalent of your assemblage point, is going to change. So your perception is going to change. The decorations of your world, everything that surrounds you is going to change. Very often as you're switching your dominating chakra from one to another, you would switch a lot of things about your life. Very often you would move to another place or change jobs or change life partners or change a group of friends, right? So in other words, it would be quite impossible for you to go from one dominating chakra to another dominating chakra without having to essentially alter your life because you are gonna be vibrating at such different frequencies that it would be quite impossible for you to preserve the status quo, right? So um, anytime you're shifting from one chakra to, to another chakra, it is a process of shakeup. It is a process of rapid change, rapid movement, right? Um, and you just have to frankly embrace it because very often, like when you're in the in-between state, make no mistake, it, chances are you're going to make it to that next destination. Now, one of the things, one of the questions that comes up from the collective, and by the way, at any point in time in this, I'm for those of you that don't know, I am scanning the human collective. So if you guys, um, you know, don't, in other words, don't find it weird. I'm always monitoring what you guys are thinking. That's totally cool. Um, I promise you, you're, you know, <laughs> the all, all the knowledge is safe with me. Um, yeah, in other words, we're cool, you're safe, it's all fine. But one of the questions that came through from the collective is, well, um, do all of the people, uh, essentially, do you only go up, can you go down? And the answer is yes, you could go down, it is possible. Um, the, let's just uh, put it that way. The normal process of evolution is an upward spiral. In other words, if everything is going right for you, you would move from uh, down to up, right? 
uh, to eventually culminate in the crown center. Now, hardly ever anybody, hardly ever anybody on third dimensional planets is able to have their assemblage point slash dominating chakra being the crown space because it's just too high vibrational. However, it is possible. Um, sometimes you can get thrown down. That is not a normal process of evolution. This is not something that is considered to be ideal, but it does happen. And by the way, when you're moving down from like a high vibrating dominating chakra into a lower space, you could bypass chakras. In other words, you could go from vibrating at the green space of the fourth chakra straight down to level one, um, bypassing two other chakras. Why does it happen? Very often it is a big, big, big shakeup in, in the form of trauma uh, or accident of some sort. It is possible that if you get, I don't know, like not to be morbid or anything, but if you were to get diagnosed with cancer, that could really change your perception. That could drop you a couple of levels below. It doesn't have to be this dramatic, right? I mean, it could be anything. It could be any other trauma, like, I don't know, a friend dying or you witnessing something that, you know, has a shock effect or any of the, those things that, you know, are not necessarily maybe fun to talk about or think about could and, and, and would kind of drop you uh, a few levels. You would tend to bounce back. That is one thing, right? Because um, once you've kind of like reached a particular height, if you will, um, you kind of remember how it feels and anything that is a step down from that feeling and that level of life is always going to feel like you're, you just moved in the wrong direction and you're always going to crave that feeling. So people do tend to bounce back given the opportunity and given enough time. So I just wanted to say that, right? Um, now... Um, the, the speed of how quickly you can move from chakra to chakra is dependent on the person. Older souls tend to move up faster. Younger souls um, tend to move up slower um, because for some of them and for a lot of younger souls so that haven't incarnated too, too many times yet, you know, certain levels, they just haven't... Um, they haven't lived those levels yet. So uh, if it's something that's a new vibration for you, that it's not a remembering, it's going to be harder for you to take that, um, take that on and, and, and really um, kind of emanate that um, as your own energy. Okay, cool. Um, I think we're ready to, you know, after the no, post the diagnostic, uh, by the way, towards the end of this, towards the end of this, the reason, okay, as I'm telling you all of this, right? Yes, some part of it is, if you find this fun and fascinating, I'm glad, right? You obviously want to be listening and paying attention to all of the chakras, right? To just be able to understand yourself and the, the people around you, right? Because very often, it's it would be easier for you to understand the people around you if you knew what chakra they were vibrating at. It would, uh, you know, you would be able to treat other people with more compassion and understanding. And essentially, you would be able to better predict their actions, towards you and other people, right? By the way, you could, the same way that you're doing a quick diagnostic on yourself, you could ask the universe, again, if you have the greater good in mind, you're not trying to harm anybody, right? But you could ask the universe to show you the dominating chakra for other people in your life, right? Just to get insight into how to best behave with them. So in other words, if this is not your dominating chakra, it may still be beneficial for you to understand how it works and what that perception feels like, right? Not only that, but also, 
um, as you know, we're as I'm describing the different states, if one of the states is really desirable for you, there's probably a reason why. And even if you're not at that level of perception yet, you could always get there um, over time. And towards the end of this podcast, um, the one thing that I want to tell you and you know that I want to give you is a practice of like essentially shifting your dominating chakra over time. This is not going to be you know, a 30 second exercise, unfortunately, but I also, you know, I wouldn't just want to leave you hanging uh, with like, well, you know, you are at this level and that's it. And, you know, somehow, someday, maybe you will evolve out of it, but maybe not, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those um, uh, beings that one wants to do that to you. So essentially, I want to provide you with as many tools as possible. Okay, cool. Oh, we are ready to travel up and down. Are you guys ready? I don't know. I feel like really, really excited because we all get to travel up and down the elevator together. So I want you to imagine that you're in an elevator. Feel free to close your eyes or keep your eyes open. It doesn't really matter to me. Essentially, we're going to start at the base of your spine at the root center. This is, like I said, what you all are born into. And so I want you to imagine, right, again, like your elevator is going probably from, you know, the earth and up you know, your, your body and essentially the elevator is stopping at the base of your spine and we are going to be talking about what your perception would be of the world, right, if you were vibrating at the root center. Now imagine that the elevator, elevator doors are opening up and you're exiting, right? And imagine that essentially you, you, you can imagine that anything and everything around you um, is a uh, kind of like life as usual, right? You could just even stand in in the street or like by your house, but you may almost want to imagine that there's like a little bit of a red tint surrounding everything. So, okay, for people, and by the way, like I said, right, this is where we all start. So when the baby is born, when the baby leaves the comfort of the mother's womb, that is their perception. The perception of their reality is red, oh my God, danger. And now I need to worry about survival. Whereas before, it was kind of like up to my mom to make sure that, you know, um, we both survived because the mother organism, obviously when pregnant, is essentially 100% responsible for the well-being of that baby. Um, Now, when that baby is birthed, they are faced with all these external circumstances, right? So I want you to feel into it. So the reason the babies cry, I mean, there are many reasons why the babies cry, but part of it is they're born into what they perceive to be an antagonistic reality, right? And so that first cry is actually a cry of discomfort. And they're like, whoa, what is this? It's not comfortable. I, you know, kind of signed up for it, but this sucks. And oh my God, I'm so unhappy, right? Now they're all at that point in time, 100% of humanity, their perception is in the root center, right? Now, um, I don't want you to get stuck on the whole baby analogy because this is just something that I want you to be present to. Enough adults actually never graduate from living the life and perceiving the life um, outside of the center. So they would forever be stuck in the center. Um, now, I don't want to I don't want to actually be judgmental about any of the centers because every center um, represents an opportunity. If that is your dominating center, it is an even bigger opportunity, right? 
opportunity to experience a particular type of perception, opportunity to experience a particular set of challenges and blessings. It is an opportunity to understand how that feels as opposed to all the other things that you, you may have felt in the past, right? Or would feel in the future, right? So every experience is a valid experience, right? So just because it's the lowest center, let's not make it wrong or somehow invalidated for that. Um, I wanted to give you like, um, like some analogies. Um, I would want to say that the closest way that I can describe perception from the chakra level is the jungle. So this is like the jungle or the wild, wild west type of chakra and type of perception. So this is a little bit of that antagonistic state. Um, the, anyone who perceives the world from this center is always going to be monitor monitoring the world, the surroundings for danger. Because they're essentially are, A, they're expecting stuff to happen all the time. In other words, you're like, okay, well, I need to constantly monitor my, sur my surroundings because you never know when there's a tiger. You never know when there is, I don't know, a storm coming or something else, right? Or like a spider or like, essentially it's, it's, it's like me against the world type of mentality. Um, this is not the shocker where you experience unity. In fact, as we move kind of like up the ladder from one chakra to the next, you're going to experience more and more unity consciousness and less and less separation uh, as you go up, right? Um, but this is probably the most uncomfortable state that one can experience in a human body, right? Because it feels like you have to be in constant survival mode. So your root center is that survival mode. It's also the grind. It's it's having to do the hard work, um, having to you know exert a lot of physical effort uh, to to get even a little bit ahead. Um, it's feeling like sometimes the circumstances, the people, the events, even the, the freaking weather is against you. So it's a little bit of like me versus them and me versus everything else, right? It's that feeling of complete, I'm on my own, I'm separate. And by the way, this might not even be a friendly reality. My dear friend, please pardon this quick interruption. If you like our podcast, we ask that you please help us spread the light by leaving a review on Apple Podcast so that more people could discover our content. Thank you so much, blessed soul. Now, there is, I wanna say that there is a gradation or like there is a range of perception from within this chakra, right? It doesn't have to be all doom and gloom all the time. Um, you know, if you kind of like start moving up a little bit and, um, and getting into the, the higher echelons of the, of the root chakra, it's actually, you know, it's, um, it's becoming uh, a little bit more of a measured state. Like now you're still a worried, you know, like you're still like, you feel like you need to plan ahead because you don't know, you can't really fully still trust the, the world or the universe. Uh, but you know, there is some semblance of security, right? Because very often, like if you work hard enough and, and you build, you know, some semblance of, I don't know, like, like a stable paycheck, like stability for yourself, right? In whatever format that comes, in, you may still perceive the world from this center, uh, but you may find like an alcove or like a little island of stability for yourself, right? So there are degrees to how unfriendly the world would be. However, you know, anybody who perceives the world from the root center is going to like feel the need and the urge for that stability, right? So these are the people that um, would uh, find stability in their family, 
uh, would find stability in having a job and having a stable paycheck. In other words, they would rather get less money per hour or a much, much, much smaller salary that is stable in a very stable large company as opposed to some sporadic income uh, or like a freelance type of job that does not have that stability, that does not have the promise of that paycheck coming, right? Because again, remember, the fundamental vibration of this uh, um, center is fear, actually, right? Like the fear. And and then the number one driver is the protecting yourself from external circumstances and, you know, from just any type of externality, because anything that's external to you is not perceived as a friend. It is by default perceived as an enemy or a threat that needs to be dealt with, handled with, you know, uh, protected, you know, protected from, just dealt with all of the good stuff, right? So fear actually tends to be one of the dominating emotions um, here. Um, um, distrust, right? Not feeling like others have the best, in, your best interest in mind um, when they're acting. Um, not feeling like the universe has your back, right? Feeling like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to give you other things, like throw in other things in the kettle. Um, th th this is where your beliefs around like money is scarce or like it's hard to make money or it's hard to make clean money. And like in order to, to get rich, essentially, you need to break the law or something like all of these stereotypes live in the red center. Um, uh, when you are in that state, actually, because you are not expecting the best from the world, you actually are not getting the best from the world. So, um, you know, it actually may feel for some of these people, like um, the feeling they may get is like, it's almost like a quicksand. It's like no matter how much money they make, it kind of like just tends to slip through their fingers because things just tend to break, like the car broke down or they got, I don't know, like the, the fridge broke out of nowhere. You know, something would always happen whether that is like from natural causes or just, you know, it's, it's kind of like this, um, this type of perception is a magnet for all types of accidents, big and small, right? Uh, because again, you don't expect anything good from anyone, right? And remember, it's a jungle, right? In the jungle, everybody, you know, is supposed to fend for themselves, right? Um, this is also actually not a place of happy relationships, hate to say this. This is a place of relationships that people um, enter in uh, because they think of survival, right? So the, these are like marriages of people that, you know, like, okay, well, like surviving on your own is hard. Let's try to survive together. But like survival is the name of the game, right? And essentially they're always worried that, you know, they're uh, how to put, you know, uh, food on the table, how to pay the rent. It's, it's kind of like a little bit of like living paycheck to paycheck, right? So that is the red center. Okay, um, now we're ready to move up, right? Ready to move up. It's gonna get, it's gonna get better, you guys. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not all, uh, it's not gonna be, I mean, I know the red center can be a little bit uncomfortable or a lot uncomfortable to some and a lot of the listeners of our podcast now we're going up. So get back into the elevator, you know, and just enjoy the ride up. We're going to the orange center of the sacral. Uh, which is located essentially in uh, the lower uh, part um, of your abdominal area, right? Um, so, yeah, imagine that the elevator is slowing down and it, it the doors are opening up and you're exiting at this orange center. You are in the sacral. 
So if the sacral is your dominating center, um, A, the number one thing you need to understand about the sacral is it is a feminine type of chakra. Um, in By the way, let me just preface that with saying you can identify as any gender, whatever gender that is, um, and, and still have your assemblage point in, in the sacral. doesn't mean that only women or, you know, would, would um, experience this. Not at all. Your perception, you know, your, your essentially dominating chakra has nothing to do with your gender whatsoever. It has more to do with your evolution as a soul, if that makes sense. Okay, so I um, actually really love the sacral energies. I think that this is definitely, it definitely feels a lot lighter compared to the red center. Um, I would call this, maybe I'm being too nice, but I would kind of almost call this the perception of, like this, like the first one was the, the jungle. This one is the Garden of Eden. That's a little bit of like the perception that um, I think um, I want to leave you with. Um, this is very Venusian energies. Um, maybe not the highest vibrational Venus energies, but they are maybe a little bit lower vibrational Venus energies. I'll explain what I mean. So your perception from the center is very um, artistic, but let's not focus on the artist first. Let's focus on the thing um, that I think really defines the center. So the Venusian energies are actually all about beauty, but um, beauty in different things, right? It's not actually human beauty even. So essentially it is a state of separation still, right? It's still a lower face chakra. But one of the um, almost like templates or one of the values for anybody vibrating at the sacral level would be beauty or the or, you know, like the lack beauty and harmony. But the lack of beauty is also going to be perceived by them as like a pretty major thing. So essentially for anybody vibrating uh, at the center, the world is divided into a two aspects of reality the things that they find beautiful and harmonious and the other things that they don't find beautiful and harmonious right and so it is a state of like a lot of perception so it's like um a, a lot of intake happens in here right so it's again um the feminine tends to be the receiving the masculine chakras and the masculine perception tends to be the the giving away or the the giving uh, in this particular instance, this is about like perceiving the world, right? Perceiving the harmony or the lack of thereof, right? So um, for, I guess, in the healthiest vibrations of, of this chakra, you would have people that want to make this world a more beautiful place. You have people that are striving to make this world a more harmonious place because essentially they're going to have like their perception, like I said, is, is very like, beautiful, non-beautiful, like black versus white, right? And for them, like the non-pretty things really irk them. They really like stand out to these people. Um, and that's why like they're kind of striving for that Garden of Eden, like the harmony within everything, the beauty within everything. Uh, here you have a hedonist, like you, you have some people like, you know, there is an aspect of the shocker that is a pleasure seeker. Now pleasure in all of its uh, formats, right? It could be... Um, pleasure that is sensory pleasure you know whether that is the smell the taste the touch you know all of it right um so all uh, the pleasure seeking life is here right 
so the uh let's just say that the the um aristoc the aristocrats of the old now not all of them but there was like a big chunk of the aristocratic society that was just living a very hedonistic life right it's all about let's surround ourselves with beauty and just be idle so their energies of the sacral right they're not very forward moving energy so they're all about intake and all about receiving right so these people don't tend to be go-getters right for them simply observing something that is beautiful is the definition of what life should be right so that's why these are the people that are vibrating from this level and like now we're starting to get into lifestyles a little bit this is the person that loves your museum of modern art uh, or just any art museum or gallery they really just love art in any you know in all shapes now I do want to take kind of almost like a step back and give the credit to this level of perception of reality. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the concept of the golden section, but essentially, you know, there, uh, the, the, the matrix, uh, this world is a, is a mathematical system and in many ways a geometric system. So um, there is a concept within uh, how the system has been created, right? Which is like the golden section. So essentially things that adhere to the golden section uh, also the Fibonacci sequence, it's kind of like um, some level one and the same, or, uh, or you know, all these things are created, um, are um, essentially, they represent harmony, and they represent a perfectly balanced mathematical equation, if that makes sense, right? So the things that you perceive to be beautiful are actually the things that just um, uh, have underneath them a perfectly balanced mathematical equation now i would never underestimate the power of beauty and i think that very often in this society beauty is being you know it's almost taking second stage like vanity but i want you to understand that beauty at its core is not vanity um, beautiful objects that are harmonious objects tend to actually when placed in a particular cell of the matrix shift the vibrations of the whole cell and that is the beauty of this golden section uh, rule or golden section principle, right? Um, that is why, for instance, right, um, in our architecture, like, it uses the golden section quite a lot, right? That's why um, symmetry is actually one of the laws of beauty and harmony, right? One of the laws of the golden section. So very often, right, you would have in architecture buildings that are uh, symmetrical, uh, you would have angles that are right angles, right? You you wouldn't have haphazard angles. Um, and generally speaking, that's why very often, right? Um, especially in the Middle Ages, they would put um, like um, a cathedral in the like in the center square in the middle of the um, in the middle of the city. Uh, the heart of the city is also the place from which it's it's almost like the the nucleus of the sun from which the emanations. Um, get dispersed throughout the city. So what is interesting about this is that, um, you know, city centers were not random. And um, it is actually the law that if you put something that is really harmonious in the center of an object, it does harmonize the whole, right? And in other words, what I'm trying to say is the objects that are beautiful are making other surrounding objects uh, more harmonious, if that makes sense, right? So if you surround yourselves with beauty, you're, you're going to become more beautiful, right? If you surround yourselves with more ugly things or more, you know, um, dis, uh, 
you know, things in, in their uh, non-harmonious states, in their non-symmetrical states, it's, it's kind of like a plague. It's, it's going to, those vibrations are just going to keep spreading, right? So in other words, if you just put like a really, really ugly, dilapidated building in the middle of the city and try to build the city around it, it's going to be a very different city compared to if you just put like a really beautiful, very harmonious, very symmetrical, classical, uh, you know, uh, temple or a church or what have you, cathedral in, in the middle, because that is just going to like really change the geometric um, makeup, not just the geometric, the energetic makeup of that whole city. Like you could change that whole grid, if that makes sense, right? So in other words, let's not underestimate the power of beauty, right? Um, but, but let's, let's look at the sacral center. You know, it has its pluses, it has its minuses. Um, very often when somebody is going to say, hey, you're not grounded, um, it's going to be to somebody who vibrates at the sacral level. Um, it's it's kind of like the happy-go-lucky people. They don't really have a plan. They don't tend to have a plan. Things just like, kind of happen, and they're kind of like in the flow, and they're like, oh, it's just going to work out, right? Um, it you know your artist archetype, um, your poet, yeah, you know your and and uh, very often the broke artist and the broke poet, unfortunately, unless they were born into money, is kind of like in here because. Um, these people kind of don't really have the concept of money like they don't kind of look really worry about that because they're like oh that's mundane you know I'm just I just really you know I'm, I'm here for the for the for the harmony I'm here for the beauty right so um, these are also the people that require a lot of like stimulation to feel better about life and what I mean by that is that's why they need to go to the galleries that's why maybe they need to listen to the classical music and go to these concerts because um um they actually like their soul like withers away when they're not getting that constant input um, of things that they perceive to be beautiful right it's actually a very uncomfortable place for them to be right so uh that's why uh, by the actually a really really interesting perception for these kind uh you know for these folks they're not yeah i mean it's still a pretty low vibration all things considered right so they're not necessarily able to distinguish um, in, in other words, they don't discriminate against beautiful things. In other words, they may find beauty in anything. Uh, they may even find beauty in ugliness, by the way, right? Um, so these are the things like, I mean, uh, th that's a good thing, right? Like they're able to find the, the beautiful angle for something, right? These are the people that you could take, ask them to take a picture. They will find the one angle that everybody looks good on, you know, because they're that meticulous. Now, um, you know, the interesting part about them though, right, is they don't discriminate about living things for like material and not material. In other words, you know, they may look at something beautiful in nature and it would have just as much validity to them in terms of beauty as, you know, um, a sculpture or a painting or a particular, uh, I don't know, like, um, verse of poetry right like they don't really differentiate like they're like if it's pretty you know i'm here for it now the problem with these types of souls they also tend to be um very easily emotionally impacted right so this is actually a very emotional place to be in other words they tend to be a little bit more um unstable I guess unstable is a very offensive way of putting it, but they, they cannot, they're not able to control their emotions. Their emotions are in a state of flow. Um, this could be a good thing or a bad thing, but they're also easily influenceable 
uh, by other people's emotions in that way. And they are not always able to handle their mental states very well. Like if you put them in a city or a town that they don't perceive to be beautiful, they don't find those energies harmonious, they can get into pretty deep states of depression and, and, and then just overall unhappiness and they would not know how to dig themselves out of it, right? So this is kind of like the danger zone. Another danger zone for this chakra, if, if you know, being taken to an extreme, is a person that literally is physically incapable, doesn't have any will to do anything that it, you know, may not be perceived as pleasurable. So these are not the people that want to do the work. These are not the people that want to change. These are not the people that want to lift a finger. These are the people just need to be catered to, right? So if you're married to one, it's not going to be very, you know, it's going to be a tough marriage because you're going to have to be the one, the responsible one. And, you know, your partner is going to be the artistic one, just like floating in ether and just like being beautiful and like making beautiful things. But they're not going to want to make a living they're not gonna want because that's too mundane like who needs money anyhow right so that is kind of like the potential issues with this right now these um let's just say that they're a little bit idealistic and they're not the most realistic people not the most definitely not pragmatic by any stretch of imagination um a lot of um pisces actually um like to to come as um you know and and you know they would tend to have the assemblage in in the sacral now don't want to overgeneralize so you know if you're a pisces does not mean anything you can you know have your assemblage point um in any other chakra okay cool let it, let us move up get back to the elevator we are going to the solar plexus uh, imagine that the elevator is starting to move up, 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 and you are, you know, and then it stops and then the doors open and you exit and it is the yellow center located in the middle of your belly, right behind your belly button. That is your yellow center. It is a masculine center. Its energy is an arrow that has been let loose and is chasing a target. This is a very masculine energy. This is a very forward moving energy. Um, this is your center for ego, which means, right, and by the way, ego gets such a bad rep, but this is the dimension to go and experience ego. This is the dimension to go and experience your separateness. So I actually want to celebrate ego. I want to celebrate the solar plexus. One of my favorite energy centers has absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, now, this is your overachiever. This is someone that is essentially, you know, kind of, um, what you would, um, you know, oh, how um, there's like a blueprint or a template, right, in the human collective of how human beings are supposed to act, almost like a template, right, of like, well, you know, you should go to, you know, this is what you do. You go to like kindergarten, then you go to school, then you go to college, then you go like get married, you have however many children you do have, then you have to be really, you know, then they grow up and then they you make you have to make sure they have enough money for college you know the kind of like the, the you know all of that but also the keeping up with the joneses don't forget right so there's like a set of templates of what you're supposed to do by which age and it's almost like that template is created to propel all of these people that are vibrating at the solar plexus forward because there's always like that race against time they're like i need to have this by a certain age and by the way i need to keep up with the joneses these are not the people that you know, like when comparing themselves to others to always come up short. This is not a very comfortable feeling for these people, right? So competitiveness is in their nature. Uh, and they don't 
they don't care if they're going to get themselves into all of these debt and all of these credit cards just because they want that new model of the iPhone or whatever else that, you know, their heart desires because for them, appearances really matter, right? Uh, you know, what happens behind closed doors is like less important, but like, what about the outward appearances? These are the people like, what are, what is my reputation? What do people think of me? Right? So, um, the good, there's a good and the bad of the solar plexus. The good thing of the solar plexus is they're active. Um, a lot of the businesses that are being created, a lot of the businesses and just a lot of the wealth and the economy is run on the solar plexus, right? A lot of the wealth is being created thanks to the solar plexus. All your entrepreneurs are right here in the solar plexus. Um, if your first chakra was the jungle, your second chakra was the Garden of Eden, a little bit, maybe idealistic. Um, your third chakra is the big city, the downtown. These are all of your, you know, people that want to get rich, want to die trying, you know, these are, you know, the people that care about fashion, but not because it's artistically beautiful, but because it's going to give them status. These are the people that care about, you know, appearances, you know, they, they feel like they need to check off boxes, like, okay, like if, you know, if it's a wedding, you know, I'm definitely not going to elope. I like, I want, I want people to know that I got married and this is how much money I spent or whatever. And like, they like, they care about appearances in other words. Right. So these are not the people that can chill very easily. Right. These are the, like your workaholics are right here. You know, you're actually funnily enough, your alcoholics are also right here. Although this is an overgeneralization, there's enough alcoholics actually in, in the lower chakras as well. But what I mean by that is there's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress in this chakra because no matter how much you have, there's always more to achieve. And that is the one reason why this chakra can never get happy. Because if you are an arrow that's trying to perceive the, um, to pursue a target, the one challenge with the, the solar plexus folks is that target is a moving target. So just the moment you, you felt you were getting close, whoops, the target moved again. And then you're like, whoops, the target moved again. Like, what are you going to do? And that is just like the vibration of this chakra. Uh, in no other chakra is the inner critic as prevalent as in the chakra. So your self-criticism, by the way, the criticism of everything around you is most prominent in the chakra, right? Now, solar plexus folks tend to be uh, you know, tend to be decent communicators, right? But this is also sometimes the energy of gossip, uh, because how else are you going to know what, the, you know, uh, what the Joneses are up to for you to be even able to keep up with them, if that makes sense, right? Um, now, like I said, there is also the beauty to the solar plexus, right? These are the people that are, like, they mean action, right? These are the people that instead of talking about things, for the most part, they're going to go and do something, right? Like the artist doesn't really have that, um, you know, the, the, the true artist that like vibrates at just the sacral, you know, they may be the most beautiful artist, but they're going to need somebody to be their quote unquote producer, right? Cause they're like, okay, like they don't want to deal with the money that is mundane for the yellow center. Money is the name of the game. Give them the American dream, give them a 60 hour work week, you know, give them a second job, you know, the climbing of the career ladder, all of that, you know, they're here for it. They thrive in it. They love the energy of the big city. Like all of you people, well, I cannot say that. Most of the people that love the big city life, New York, LA, Chicago, you guys know who you are. Uh, you know, all of the people that thrive on achievement, right? That want to, um, you know, have a nice job, 
but also have a nice life and like feel like they're social and feel like they're you know going out after work and all of that or you know sometimes or weekends right that is this you know essentially what we're being sold um within the collective human consciousness as like the people who made it like we're really being sold the life of like the big city uh, because that is where, you know, riches are being made. That is where success is. That is potentially where, you know, if you're famous, you probably do live in the city. Um, you know, there is a correlation there. So these are, you know, the solar plexus is really, really plugged into the matrix. And they have, by the way, bought into every single carrot that's being dangled in front of them. Now, again, don't want to position this as a very, I mean, it is a very material chakra, but it is also a chakra of achievement. And this is a chakra of self-confidence, right? So these are people that kind of like do first and ask permission later. So they, oh, they ask for forgiveness and not permission, right? So, and we need that, right? We need the doers. Like we need somebody to, instead of like thinking and being worried about things, like they just go and do it, right? So essentially, you know, like 90 something percent of businesses are being created companies you know professionals are all here like that is your solar plexus level okay but this is also the constant chase right the, the chasing of the target that you never like you never feel like you're gonna hit because the world is always gonna come up with um something else for you to want to pursue um and there's a little bit of mm, like almost like not enough gratitude in this chakra um, you're so busy kind of like in, in, in the race that you don't have the time to raise your head above the water and realize how beautiful life is actually, right? So these are your busy bees. These are the people that are like, how are you? And they're like busy, right? These are always the people that will actually they thrive on planning. They like making plans. They like a regimen. They love the schedule. They love the invite for everything. You know, they're like very regimented. They don't like, they feel bored and lost if their weekends are unplanned. They're like, what do you mean going with the flow? I mean, obviously I'm overgeneralizing, but you get me catch my drift, right? These are also like, these are not the people that, you know, necessarily, I mean, some of them would go to the museum, but because it's trendy, but they're like, it's not like their soul is going to wither away if they don't go to a museum. They're going to go to the museum because like the new, I don't know, like exhibition is in town and they've heard that there's, there's cool, you know, there's a school artist uh, from Paris or what have you. And they have this interesting technique and then they're going to go to the museum and they're like, this modern art, I really don't get it. Like, really? Like, why? Like, why? I don't get it. But they would still go, if you know what I mean, right? Um, okay, I hope this makes sense, right? That's your solar plexus. The problem with solar plexus is it's the energy of like, you know, it's it's like pumping energy. It's like your energy drink in a bottle, right? So like these people have a lot of energy. They exude a lot of energy. They're extremely social. So they need that social interaction. In fact, when they don't have a like a big circle, maybe not a friends, but of acquaintance, acquaintances, they don't quite feel pumped, so these are your networkers. They're right here. They're like, okay, like they need to be social. They need to be always around people because um, that is how they get their energy, which is not to say that everybody who um, vibrates at the solar plexus level is an extrovert. That is not the case. But even your introverts who are vibrating at the solar plexus are ex like a lot more social because that is part of how they replenish their energy, but that it's also part of kind of like what they perceive to be normal, right? It's almost like if they don't have 
enough people around them, they, they, they feel like failure somehow. So that is your solar plexus. Um, it's also, like I said, that energy of like a little bit antagonistic in terms of like competing and like having to go ahead and being like, well, am I fast enough in this? You know, I need more, better, faster, stronger, all of that. Right. So like, um, no matter how much you have, you always want more. Um, that is the solar plexus. And unfortunately, there's not a lot, there's not no happiness actually in, in the center. Um, you get satisfaction here. Satisfaction is something you, you could achieve. Um, especially if um, you've hit a target or you hit a goal. The problem with a moving target is literally you're happy for five seconds flat and then you're like, oh, great, well, now what, right? So there's a little bit of that, like um, n nothing is ever enough. That's the solar plexus. Cool, all right. Let us move forward and get back into the elevator and we're gonna go up to the next and that is the Anahata, that is your heart space. I'm gonna try to go um, a little quicker because we don't wanna be here for the next three hours, right? I, I'm, I'm sure you guys have lives, lives to live outside of this podcast. Anyway, um, uh, the doors are opening, you're exiting, and this is the Anahata, this is your heart, emerald center, uh, everything is kind of like tinted green. This is where, I mean, um, I, I love to say, I love to repeat it, uh, nature vibrates at the Anahata center. This is your first center where it's almost like actually impossible to vibrate at the Anahata center and be unhappy. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? This is the first chakra that by default gives you happiness. Because this is not the chakra or the perception of reality that requires you to achieve a single thing to be happy. These are the people that are happy in the now. These are the people that are grateful for what they have. These are the people that are content. These are the people that are joyful, you know, just because they are. This is the first center where you start to experience oneness. This is a particular type of oneness. This is not the cosmic oneness yet. Uh, but this is the oneness with nature and all of the things around planet Earth, right? So this is actually a very pleasant place to be. These are the people that don't get thrown off their balance or thrown off their culture that easily. In other words, they may still have a corporate job, you know, or run a business or what have you, be an entrepreneur, but missing that sales target or, you know, something like a macro factor going out, going south or what have you, doesn't throw them off their balance in the same way that it would somebody who is vibrating at the yellow center. Because for the yellow center, missing the target is like equal to death, if you know what I mean. They're like starting to freak out. They're like, oh my God, I'm missing the target. I'm missing the target. I'm missing the target. What's wrong with me? The Anahata is not going to bother. They're like, this world is beautiful and harmonious and everything is, is God and God is everything. And I just love it. And then like, these are the people that literally could be in nature and just watch, I don't know, the ants move from one piece of, I don't know, wood to another piece of wood carrying some little specks of dust. And they could just be fascinated for hours just watching the harmony of nature. Right now, um, this is the one thing I will tell you is like, what would be like a good way to describe this? Um, 
I don't want to say like these are your hippies or your tree hoggers because I know that that, that has like a little bit of the bad connotation but these are your harmonizers you know like uh, I think that would be like a good way to um, explain the archetype um, these are also the people like I said that they can be very happy with very little um, they're also actually hyper um, they're hyper aware of the things that are living and the things that are artificial so in other words these are not the people that are going to be happy within you know the constraint and the confines of their home or apartment um, people of the sort of plexus level plexus level don't yet care because for them, like you can achieve, you know, if you work from home, like you can achieve from uh, out of your apartment, like they can work out from the same apartment, they can freaking watch movies there, they can have a life from within the apartment somehow. Your, um, your anahata people, your hard space people are not, they need to be in nature. So very often, if you're like your vibrations ray rise from the yellow to the green center, you're going to want to move out of the big city, the concrete jungle kills them you are not they're not going to be caught dead in a big city because they perceive the big city as a very artificial construct with busy people that are entirely missing the point of existence right um sometimes this concept of like downshifters you know that would kind of live here as well you know that person that was like i don't know in new york city on wall street making their millions all of a sudden they're like I'm no longer interested in this. They move to Bali and they start meditating. Chances are they moved from the yellow to the anahata. Um, that is, you know, here you start um, seeing some interesting folks, actually. Um, some philosophers are actually vibrating at the center because they're, they're, it's an, an introspective center. Again, it's like the receiving, it's a female, right? But whereas... Um, um, Whereas I think the, the sacral was really just only interested in beauty and they're like, well, you know, we just want perfectly harmonious things that can like be stimulating to us. Um, the anahata is very different. They want the things that are living, the things that have a consciousness. That's what they assign value to, right? And the things that are more artificial, they don't care so much, right? So in other words, they would rather go hiking. They would rather be in nature, whether that is, and you know, there are a lot of different kinds of nature. It doesn't actually mean that it's not all camping. You know, it could be glamping, right? Or it could be like a fancy resort, like a Four Seasons or what have you, uh, somewhere by the ocean, right? It doesn't mean that these all of these people just don't care about money or what have you. Because the one thing that you should keep in mind, right? And one thing you should understand, that in order for you to get to the Anahata level, you have to bypass all of the ones that are below. In other words, you probably had, you started in the antagonistic state of the red chakra, then you went into the state of overconsumption potentially, or that pleasure seeking, you know, in the sacral. Then you went into the cr crazy overachieving uh, and, you know, compete, competing and just trying to hit targets of the yellow to reemerge in the green. And that is actually a great relief. That is actually an exhale. And this is a place where you really start to notice nature because you're starting to vibrate at the same level that nature is. In other words, these are the people that are um, probably going to start caring about the environment. These are the people that probably care about uh, animals and plants around them. 
these are the people that are going to very likely to go vegetarian if not vegan these are the people that are compassionate um like a lot of healers actually vibrated on hotter level all kinds so it's actually a very very beautiful center and like i said not to beat the dead horse but um i sound like a broken record this is the chakra that by default brings you happiness where you don't have to chase it where you don't have to change anything about yourself or the world to be someplace now i know that a lot of people require as they think external stimulation and they're like well the only thing that makes me happy is travel that nomadic lifestyle where they're chasing happiness but never really quite getting there is your sacral so those people that are perpetual travelers it's actually a form of hedonism you require this outside stimulation and all these like they're essentially seeking pleasure that is a form of that right for those types of people it's really hard to find happiness because they're seeking it at the wrong vibrational level they would actually need to start vibrating at the heart center now um this is a place with harmonious relationships uh people who are vibrating at the anahata level are starting to attract true people other people from the anahata tribe if you will if you will from the heart tribe to themselves so this is the chakra with the most fulfilling the deepest relationships um of all actually so it's not to say right that um uh, these people have the most friends but the one friend the friends that they do have or the relationships that they do have tend to be really good deep relationships um they are the relationships that go below beyond the surface level right these are really people like either in a happy, happy partnership or a happy marriage right and um it it is the give and take right so there is like a very good balance generally for for the folks at the anahata level and again it's actually a very very pleasurable place to be so these people don't experience too many negative emotions these people don't experience too many negative thoughts and they generally just are very very balanced they tend to exude kindness they tend to exude compassion and they tend to be very loving because they themselves are not hurting now in order for you to be able to ascend to the level of anahata and heart space you would need to transcend a lot of trauma because trauma is the number one thing uh that holds you back right because trauma is essentially all the ways that you're cracked and all the ways that you feel like you're imperfect and all the ways that you feel like you need to compensate for Now, in order for you to start vibrating at the level of the heart space, you need to first love yourself and forgive yourself before you can really truly reach that happiness. By the way, the anahata level, your inner critic really goes down. Like it becomes really irrelevant for you. Uh and that is not to say that the people at the anahata level are all downshifters because there are a lot of folks at the anahata level that have gotten the you know they've passed through the yellow center and they know how to make money and they know how to achieve goals and they you know potentially have made their millions even if not billions right but they've transcended the rat race and they've kind of rose above that and they understand that no to be happy they don't have to chase yet another target right and so they don't make money the ultimate end and the ultimate panacea which is why actually money comes easier to them but these tend to be the people that are on the path 
these tend to be the people that really understand their worth and really value their time. So these are not necessarily the people that are, you know, for them, like they're, what they want, what they get motivated by is very, very different. Um, if they don't want to do something, you couldn't pay enough money for them to do that. In other words, they are beyond, they've transcended that concept of selling their time for money, right? So they're driven by other things, right? Um, they tend to uh, want to do like things that are, are a more planetary level, right? Like again, like you could have some activism here. Um, you could have some generosity around like donations and charity work, etc. But like a, a lot of these people, because by the way, this is the first center that starts perceiving oneness, at least with the, on the planetary level, they feel called to the things that are less selfish. It makes, it brings them joy. It feels on path for them. It feels in alignment for them to help others, right? They thrive on that, you know, volunteer work, etc., etc. So that is your Anahata people. All right, why don't we go up a notch and we will travel to the throat center, to the Zishutha. Uh, okay, going up uh, in the elevator. Now the doors open up and you are in the blue center. The blue center is interesting. That is your center of karmic living. In other words, living from the blue is intentional living. So it's not actually, so what, what's different? Because like there are similarities between living from the blue and living from the yellow because both are masculine, but the vibrations are very different. When you're living from the yellow, you're living into a societal blueprint. Essentially, the human collective decided that something needs to be done and you're like, I'm fully bought in. Whatever the human collective wants, I want that. So it's essentially adopt, the yellow is adopting the energies of collective as your own. That is never going to happen at the Vishuddha level. If you're vibrating at the throat center, and by the way, this is a pretty high vibration with only very few people. It's actually under 3% of humanity that vibrates at the Vishuddha level. That is how rare that is. Um, these are the people who are first and foremost driven by a, a deep understanding of who they are and their mission on this planet. These are the people that tend to understand the bigger picture and know exactly why they came here, like what their purpose is. So they're living not into any societal blueprint. They're living into their own blueprint, by the way, that they do know and they have found out. So these are the people that tend to be a lot more connected to the higher aspects and the higher energies, right? Because once you have activated um, your throat center, essentially it's inevitable that the other higher, the other, the, the two higher chakras are going to become activated as well. Because the three higher chakras um, exist in a cycle. They essentially are a circle, and one jump starts the other, the other two. There's no uh, other way around it. Over time, maybe not immediately, but these are the people that tend to be more aligned with our higher aspects. These are the people that also have this deep understanding of the give and take. These are the people that understand on a very intuitive level how karma works. And they're very intentional, like I said, intentional about their living, living and their life. So, you know, they would be very intentional around working through their karma. They would be very intentional about healing. 
it may be ancestral healing it may be their personal healing they would be very intentional about every aspect of their life from their career to you know their family to the how like their you know how parenting anything hobbies friendships everything it's a pretty high level to be right um these people are also very connected to their personal truth and the planetary truth right in other words they you could not um convince them or force them into any type of inauthenticity uh, for them authenticity is everything they need to feel like they're on the path they need to feel like they are making a difference in the exact way that they're meant to be making a difference they have a very strong moral compass um, and actually feeling like what it feels like when you're living from the throat center is you're feeling so on the path and you feel very energized and like the more you're on the path and the more you feel energized like that energy just keeps multiplying and there's like this sense of both satisfaction and achievement as well as happiness and it only you know this thing is only possible when you take the time to do the healing and when you take the time to understand who you are at soul level and understand why you came into this incarnation um because again like this is you know the the intention of any incarnation right is to get to a particular point in the future with a particular set of learnings right and most people are living their life blind just kind of either going in circles or poking around and not really learning the lessons that they're meant to be learning if your perception if your dominating chakra is your throat chakra make no mistake the only reason you got there is because you're already on the path nobody who's not on the path is able to be vibrating at this center and the more you are on your path like but here here it's an important distinction just knowing what the path is without walking it is not enough you're gonna have to walk the walk to be uh, at the center but this could be some of the most um beautiful incarnations in terms of how it feels to be here right how it feels like what you know because this life these types of like lives that are lived from the um vichudha level they feel very gratifying it just everything just feels right and you feel so supported by the universe you know so uh just loved by the universe you feel lucky more often than not like literally the universe is going to start conspiring uh co-creating with you based on your own blueprint um these are the people that um for them manifestation actually is like a natural byproduct of what they do you really learn manifestation when you start um operating at the solar plexus and then essentially this is the second really really strong manifestation center but these are the people that are you know they can manifest instantly these are the people that are again like a very connected to the their own personal truth and communication um you know these are the, a lot of them are teachers you know a lot of your teachers are here um a lot of the people that um you know are kind of like you know inventing something inventors scientists are here the ones that are pushing the envelope the ones that are like kind of like are here for a bigger purpose you would very often find them you know um like operating at this at this center um okay uh going up um let's get back into that elevator um we're traveling up to the third eye so uh the doors open and i want you to exit at the third eye this is such an interesting 
perception center. Um, hardly anyone, and I mean like hardly anyone, under 0.2% of humanity um, are operating uh, with this center being their dominating center. So it's a very, very, very small percentage of humanity and even the ones that do get there get there kind of like later in life very often like maybe not for a very like it's not not, not necessarily a vibration that's easy to preserve um, this is a whole other level of oneness so operating from your third eye center vibrating at the third eye center is essentially vibrating at the level of the akashic records i did an episode on the akashic record field um, if you want to educate yourself about what that is, if you're unfamiliar, you may want to listen to that. The Akashic Records, the Akasha, is essentially the informational field. Um, now, this particular layer that I'm talking about, because the Akashic Records, um, you know, it, it's a layered cake, essentially. There are many different layers there. But um, somebody who's vibrating at the third eye center, um, I want you to imagine it like they have the depth of perception, but that depth of perception is not a vertical line, it's a horizontal line, if that makes sense. So they have like this perception horizontally. In other words, they can access the Akashic Records for this planet and potentially maybe the solar system, but not going above the Milky Way galaxy. So it's like the neighboring um, planet and planet planetary systems, right? So like kind of in the neighborhood, but they know everything about that neighborhood. And so the, the beauty of somebody who is operating at this level, and a lot of you psychics are here, by the way, like this is the psychic archetype, right? Um, if the level below, maybe I would think of them as an alchemist, like somebody who operates from the throat space is more of an alchemist. Um, they're transcending their reality and they're on the path. This is your psychic, right? Um, now, not all of them have psychic, you know, <laughs> uh, not all of them work as psychics, right? Um, but it's essentially being submerged into the soup of A, the human collective, right? So it's perceiving humanity at a deeper level. It is being intuitively guided all the time, right? And making decisions not from the place of logic, but from the place of intuition. It is the knowing and the understanding of the past, present, and future. And what I mean by that is like it's the full connection and knowing of like a lot of your own past lives. And it, essentially, these people would tap into other people's Akashic record fields um, and their Akashic uh, records, essentially the information about all of their past incarnations, etc., quite naturally and quite automatically and very quickly, right? It's just a very different level of perception. It is a set of oneness when you perceive yourself as essentially one with everything that surrounds you, right? Um, so again, there are a lot of healers on this level. Um, there are also some people who are, you know, um, kind of like your monks and, you know, people that are, are in like religious institutions or spiritual, people who choose a spiritual path. Um, now, again, this is a, a center with that is very introspective. Um, this is going to be somebody who uh, likes meditating. This is some somebody that probably seeks solitude. This is somebody that um, is very sensitive, could be even hypersensitive. Um, and so uh, too much stimulation is actually not um, very good for them because these are your empaths, right? So they already are, their perception is incredibly high, right? So they're seeing a being, they're seeing when they're meeting a human, they're seeing essentially so much information about their, uh, that, that human, they're being bombarded with that information. So in fact, for these people, it's very important to have boundaries, right? So it's, it's imagine they're floating in this purple 
soup and that soup is an informational field so they have easy access to anything right now they can be a good teachers but they're again like they're mm, sometimes they have a hard time staying rooted in this reality around like being active or like finding the motivation to do things like these are not um you know again your people that are necessarily grounded or are motivated by achievement in the physical they tend to be you know they may be interested in actually gaining knowledge because again they're very connected to the informational field so for them gathering knowledge understanding comprehending something maybe some academic work like you know you have enough writers in there or people that are like just trying to make sense or like librarians or somebody who's just deals with collecting understanding or processing information or data or writing you know um that that could be somebody that operates from the ajna center and again you're some of your best psychics actually um uh have uh, have had this um this uh, dominating chakra okay now we're gonna want to move up to the last center so you want to go up into that elevator and then the doors are opening and you're exiting and this beautiful pearlescent white light surrounds you and that is the level of the crown chakra I want you to think of the crown chakra energies as literally like a white pillar of light connecting you where you are right now to the levels of the heavens essentially or source consciousness god uh, god is however you want to think about it right so this is your ultimate aspect of unity that is achievable to you in the physical body this this perception is actually almost strange because um this is the no bs the no bs uh, perception uh, anybody who's operating at the crown center and by the way this is 0. 0.0001 of humanity like literally hardly anybody ever gets uh, to this state um it, it is a unique state though it's a very covetable state um the state of enlightenment um is is this is it's right here um you know you're you kind of like you're all of your ascended masters are kind of like at this level um now it doesn't have to be just the ascended master like in other words like if if you're not an ascended master don't even try no that's not the case like it is achievable as a state it's just not very easily achievable because you have to go through everything that happens before this the center right which is essentially a lot of work and a lot of time but um you feel connected to the rest of the entirety of existence and this perception is the closest perception to how source perceives reality that you could get so not only do you still maintain the essence of this horizontal movement within the akashic record field right you're also connected um, you know, upstairs, right? So like you have the horizontal stream of energy uh, and information perception and the vertical stream, right? So essentially you are across dimensions and that perception is across dimensions. These are the people that actually constantly, like I'll, I'll, I'll be straight up with you. Um, this type of perception is, it feels actually like you're operating from within the matrix. So this reality starts feeling a little clunky. So you start noticing the rough patches of this reality and you start noticing the things that are like inconsistent, you know, the Mandela effect and all of these things that just don't match up about reality. Um, I don't know if you guys know what the Mandela effect is, so you can Google look it up, but essentially certain people, like there are certain memories that people have in the collective consciousness um, that, you know, like, like there would be a group of people that remembers things being one way, but 
you know, the other group of people does not remember the, the things being that way. And like very often it can be easily like with movies, like, you know, a group of people may remember a movie ending one way, but it's actually the other group of people that re remembers something completely different or like old photographs or something. And the reason the Mandela effect happens is because uh, the matrix is actually the current version that you're living in is quite clunky. And so sometimes they have to like upload patches and, and, you know, unfortunately when you upload a patch to um, a computer program sometimes it kind of like erases certain surrounding code and, and 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 that just like gets erased and then they're trying to recover it and they recover it wrong um, and so this is the glitch glitches of the the classical glitches of the matrix now this is a tangent i didn't mean to go into the mandela effect by the way I'm, i apologize um or maybe i shouldn't because enough of you're like what is she talking about this is kind of fascinating google it with specific examples at mandela effect super fascinating anyhow um the reason the perception from this crown center like the reality feels clunky is because this is essentially god consciousness and goddess consciousness incarnate in, in, in a human body in other words um one thing that is characteristic of this perception state is your thoughts um accelerate your perception accelerates so you become faster than the matrix if that makes sense right so for somebody who um operates at the pace of the matrix the matrix is actually for people um, that are operating, for instance, at the solar plexus level, feels like the matrix is moving fast. Uh, and they like it, actually. Um, but for people operating the crown center, they're vibrating faster than the matrix. So it feels for them and the matrix is moving slow and it's kind of clunky. So essentially, like the presence of that like God consciousness, right? At any point in time, like your vibrations don't lower. Like it's a pretty high vibrational state. In other words, you don't really ever perceive yourself as anything other than the soul having a human experience instead of being a human having a soul right um so your your perception is just very different right and so you kind of at any point in time would be connected to your higher self to a very high degree and source consciousness and all of your past incarnations and all of that at the same time and then the matrix may feel very clunky however this is the point of mastery of the matrix and here it goes it can go one two one of two ways people that achieve this level of perception join one of the two states state number one the hermit and the sage which is like you're essentially like you're i don't know the buddhist monk that meditates in the himalayas and you know these people generally like i said they're the hermits so they they would tend to not be around people at all um and there's all kinds of stuff that happens at this level of perception and ability. This is like the walk on water type of situation. This is your levitation and, you know, all kinds of interesting, fascinating stuff that most people don't even think it's real because all of these people that are able to do that, they're not freaking hanging out in New York City. I hate to say this. They are somewhere tugged away, you know, maybe alone for the most part with very, very few people that are at their level, right? So like, that's why you don't even hear about that. That is one path. The other path is what I would call fully incarnate source consciousness in the female, oh, sorry, in the female, in the human body. Um, in other words, this is the God goddess consciousness fully embodied. So this is your creator or creator's archetype. And that is the most beautiful state of humanity that humanity could achieve. So this is your person, right? That's still distributed because um, not distributes this is the, the uh, displays um, the qualities of masculinity because the crown center is actually supposed to be the active center, right? Which is why um, just meditating in the Himalayas is more of a passive 
way, like right, not the most ideal way how this um how um emanating from the center could go, right? This is not the most ideal state. The most ideal state is you becoming a creator or creatress, right? So this is the person that understands how the matrix works, understands how to, because they've already passed and they've already been there, done that, right? They know how to make big money. They, they are, um, you know, operating at the level of the harmony with everything and understand the oneness, right? They're also incredibly intuitively guided. Now, for having all of these assets from all of the uh, lower six chakras, they're able to be master creators, that is your instant manifestation. These are the people that can, you know, display pretty sophisticated levels of creativity. You know, these are the people that can uh, build the next generation of conscious companies. These are the people can they can start movements um, around consciousness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And by the way, we're going to start seeing more of them coming, coming right up. Um, more of these people than ever before. So, I think it's a fascinating time. Um, okay, now. This is kind of getting long, so I apologize. Um, I want to finish this off. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have too much time for the questions from the Human Collective. However, I want to, you know, hopefully you, you've, you um, hopefully this gives you a, a good overview of the different types of perception. By the way, if you've, you are incarnated on planet Earth, chances are any of these are within your realm of grasp, right? Like whatever I just described, it, it is a possibility for you guys. It's a possibility, not going to lie. Now, that being said, right, if you are vibrating at a particular level, but you would like to start moving to another vibration, right, start moving to the next level. By the way, you cannot bypass levels. So if you're at the solar plexus right now, that's what your diagnostic showed. Unfortunately, you can't move straight into Ajna, for instance, or straight into uh, your throat area. It's just too much. You cannot skip levels, right? So you're going to have to pick a level above probably first. And then once you achieve that, then you can move to a level, one more level up. If that makes sense. So uh, moving from and um, very consciously, intentionally changing your vibrational level is is not very easy. You know, it is. It's going to take some time, and that is completely normal. So the way um, the way that's going to work, right? Um, the way that you would want may want to do that is. Um, you would kind of want to do the same exercise that we've been doing right now, right? You would, um, you know, you would kind of do the alignment and the alignment is best done in the morning and then somewhere in the middle of the day. So you can benefit from that alignment. Um, so in the morning, first thing in the morning, you would want to imagine, right, um, that you have this elevator stuck, not stuck, but magnetized to your default setting, whatever that is. I'm, I'm going to use solar plexus as that tends to be the default setting for a lot of humans um, on this planet right now. And then you want to imagine that that elevator is going one layer up, right? And, and, and settles in, you know, the next center, which in this case would be the heart, right? And then you want to really walk out of that elevator and feel the feels and think the thoughts of that center, right? Really um, allow your body to almost like absorb the green emerald energies, right? And um, feel free to re-listen to how I describe that center, to how it feels, right? Uh, but also you may want to do certain activities that are characteristic of that center. So in this particular instance, right, what you may choose to do is be in the nature, right? That could be one. Um, work with, you know, um, maybe like absorbing uh, the nature's vibrations, you know? 
uh, potentially get a pet if you don't have one already and and kind of like stay closer to those vibrations and uh, spend time with uh with animals right um introspection is really important so kind of like emanating like in the physical world emanating the energies of that center but also just feeling in just the vibrations of of that center and then it's important to realign to that center as well uh, like i said in the middle of the day you want to do the same exercise right it's essentially going um up and down in your elevator just like go up and then exit the elevator and like you're going to start perception your, your perception is going to shift right um, you may do it more frequently than twice a day the more you do it the faster you're going to start vibrating at another level the quicker you're going to move through the older energies the quicker you're going to be able to make shifts in your life now do you always have to move up absolutely not you know if you're comfortable where you are congratulations uh there is no one blueprint for everybody for some people the worst thing that could happen is you trying to get uh, into the crown or ajna center or the third eye central perception because that may not be your path so don't force it you know listen to yourself listen to your body connect to your higher self i made an episode it more probably more than one about connecting to your higher self and your north star and don't push it and don't force yourself into anything that is not for you at this moment in time right um but hopefully this can shed just this framework can shed the light on you know your personal perception your personal life your personal level and you know the levels of some other people around you one thing i do want to um, make a note of generally in partnerships um you can uh, the partnerships that end up working are with people vibrating either at the same frequency at the same chakra or um you know the neighboring chakras in other words one chakra up and down if there is more than one chakra um essentially if there's um you know if, if there's a one chakra difference between you two right for instance if somebody is if if, if um the man i don't know if one person is at the solar plexus level and the other person is at the throat level and there is one level the, the the heart that's separating them these partnerships are not going to last um you know stuff happens but this partnership is just not going to last because the vibrations are so dramatically different these types of relationships are doomed by the way the same is true for any kind of other relationship like a friendship right these people are just essentially vi they're going to vibrate out of each other's um lives right very often they're like uh, you know people say well i don't know we just grew um grew away from one another or like grew out of this relationship chances are very often one partner would stay at you know their own um at the same level and the other partner starts growing and if they grow you know one chakra away this partnership just can't stay because it's just, these people are not going to see eye to eye they're not going to want to be around the same people they're not going to have um they're not going to want to spend their weekends in the same way it's just going to be a very very different vibration right so just so you know chances are you know the top five people that you are um friendly with or that you have in your life are probably vibrating at a similar frequency that you are at a similar chakra or just one chakra above or below you just thought that you know it was an interesting distinction Oh God, I kind of want to take one question. You know what? I'll take one question from the Human Collective um, before before closing. Anything uh, on this? I know this could be a little bit confusing. Um, as long as your question serves uh, the greater whole um, and has to do with you know the dominating chakra of anything that we just discussed, I'm ready to listen to it. Okay, come. Um, I'm ready to receive.
the question is if um the person feels like they're vibrating in the right chakra level um um in, in this particular case um the person is vibrating at the uh, level of the throat so it's pretty high um but they're feeling like um they're experiencing the darker aspects of this right they're experiencing some pressure of being on the path etc etc and they were wondering how they can transcend that to move to the more pleasurable aspect so to say of, of the particular chakra and I actually really love this because there are two sides of every coin right the guys know that there are chakras and then they're like the anti-chakras essentially like the, the more balanced and the more shadow aspect of each chakra right same way like if you're like just because you're vibrating at and on a hotter level doesn't mean that you're vibrating like not at the shadow side of the anahata, right? So with people, for instance, that are experiencing the shadow of the uh, throat center, um, they can um, actually experience um, pressure, like a, a lot of pressure, like they, they feel like um, they need to go, 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 always be on um, because they're, you know, maybe their mission is just so big or they feel like they're you know there's a little bit of that um fight with like the time space continuum uh where they're like they're not the most patient people necessarily because um um the throat area is also connected to the air and air is one of the least patient um you know um elements so enough people who are like in on the shadow side these people can be impatient these people can be a little bit rigid right um my my advice here is um, use water energies for this particular chakra right you want to work with the energies of the water because that is going to soften it up right and in general you want to work through um i mean essentially you may want to do parts work i did an episode on parts work to try to reconnect with the parts of you that are feeling impatient to reconnect with the parts of you that are feeling rigid right and um um i mean there's not we would probably need to do like a whole other episode about like the shadow aspect of these chakras, but just know that transcending from the shadow aspect to the uh, non-shadow aspect of the chakra is actually an easier thing to do than trying to move in between chakras. Uh, that transition, the moving in between chakras, um, is actually a harder transition that takes a lot longer. If you already are at a certain place, if you already have taken on a certain level, actually transcending the shadow aspects into the um, the light aspects of that chakra is actually a lot, uh, a lot easier, right? Um, but you would want to understand specifically what aspect of the shadow that you're experiencing and trying to flip it. Um, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm just trying to understand how can I give you an example? Um, like for instance, at the sacral, right? At the sacral, um, you know, that the chakra, like the, this, this type of perception, um, it is about beauty, but it's also about seeking pleasure. And when there is too much pleasure, like anything in excess is bad, right? So like somebody who, like that's where your addictions come in, right? Um, now know that if you're like, for instance, uh, if you're really addicted to something, that's your body really craving beauty and harmony, but your body cannot get that in one area or many areas of your life, right? So you would need to really dive within and understand what area of your life you're experiencing the most disharmony in is that your work is that your relationships is that your relationship with yourself you know is that your hobbies and that is the area of your life that you're going to go to need to get into harmony right right um so it's it's all about like shifting and then there's like every chakra craves something right so uh, the red is always going to crave crave security right so your shadow aspects are either craving it too much or not feeling like you're able to get it. And so this distrust. So like you're going to have to dive in and fix that. 
um like i said the the, the um, um sacral is always gonna crave harmony right so in order to transcend the shadow you're gonna have to dive into harmony your yellow is always gonna crave achievement right so um you know but also healing any wounds around achieving and not being enough is what you would need to dive into your heart your um is, is always craving connection so any relationship based wounds anytime you're not feeling you're getting connection anytime you feel you have to manipulate people to get to get what you want you know you want to dive into that you know all the things that are in the way of your connection with people um um, throat area your shadow is going to be it's it's craving authenticity so you're going to have to examine the parts of your life that are inauthentic to who you are if there are remaining right where am I being inauthentic where am I not on the path where do I need to get realigned with my path right um Ajna is not seeing clearly is being in the muddy water that is feeling like you cannot trust your judgment feeling like you cannot trust your intuition feeling like sometimes the messages that come through are not your messages or not in the greater good of all or something like so the, not trusting your gifts is the ajna right and then um the crown center your shadow is actually two ways um pride could be here ironically um but also helplessness is another one right so feeling actually helpless ironically could really come across as a shadow right it's it's kind of like the you know once you wake up to the god goddess consciousness and to the true creator archetype but then like something hits you and you're like i'm not in my power i actually don't feel like i can impact the outside world like that would be a shadow and then the whole other one is is pride uh, and just feeling like you're better than everybody else so just watch out for those right and you want to really dive into these if, if you're trying to really heal the the um how how that dominating chakra is um playing itself out in your life all right well thank you so much for sticking through with me i know this has been a long one i hope this was fascinating interesting i certainly loved telling you about this because I, I think it's 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 quite applicable to your day-to-day -day lives if you have a topic that you want me to talk about and or like something you've been grappling with or struggling with or you feel like the information out there is really confusing uh, you can drop me a dm on instagram i am at this is maria official uh, maria is spelled as m-a-r-i-y-a strange spelling but you, you got this I, I believe in you so you can just dm me or just comment under the post um is it guaranteed that you know i'm going to be inspired to make an episode no it's not but it's highly likely at least in this moment in time all right um i hope you like this i hope this makes sense um i'm you know sending you all a virtual hug and i will see you and hear you in the future episodes have a great day bye Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please visit thisismaria.com for more insights and offerings from Maria and Sergey. It is T-H-I-S-I-S-M-A-R-I-Y-A.com. We hope to see you in future episodes.